amen. This is not going to work today. good. I want you to turn your Bibles real quick, as if you can, to Isaiah. Open up to Isaiah chapter, uh, let's go to chapter 6, if you can. We really appreciate it, me and Nancy, what you guys have done, and um, uh, let's keep going, amen? Let's keep going. Isaiah uh, chapter 6, if you're there, if you could uh, put your fingers on verse 8 uh, with me. Verse 8, this is an awesome, uh, not an awesome time in history for the children of Israel, but this is a, a very difficult time where they were rebelling and they were turning, and, and something amazing, and, and, and we should get ready to take notes and have our Bibles open. It's time to learn, and it's time to get into the Word. Um, in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, it's amazing what takes place. What happens now is Isaiah just got a, a whole vision of God in his temple, and as he gets this vision, he sees the Lord fill up the temple and the train of his robe, it's filling the temple and he's just in shock and an angel flies down and touches his lip with a live coal from the altar of God and he's like, man, I'm a man of unclean lips and as he touches his lips, he's like, I've purified you now, I've washed away your sins and he's getting this amazing revelation uh, from God uh, in, in this scripture here in, in Isaiah chapter 6. But something amazing happens after the Lord reveals himself to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. The Lord has some questions uh, for Isaiah. And I don't know about anyone here if the Lord has revealed himself to you. If he has, uh, I truly believe the Lord has some questions for you. How many of you can say amen? Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord and it said, and you probably know the scripture. We've shared about it so many times. And he says, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? I love that. Who's going to go for the Godhead? Who, who's going to go ahead and, and proclaim for eternity? Who is going to go and speak of the kingdom here? Who's going to go for us? And Isaiah answers and he writes to us and he says, well, I said, here I am, Lord, send me. Pretty good answer back, right? Send me. Well, today we sang a song, I, I give myself away so that you can use me. That song means so much more to me than what you know, because that's my life. Before I got married to my wife, we went out to eat at a restaurant. I shared with my students uh, this story this week. And um, she, want, she asked me out on a date, my first date with my wife. Uh, she asked me kind of thing. I know. And um, she asked me, what's up with us? And um, I said, what's up with us, you know? I knew where she was going with that. She wanted to know if we were going to get serious or if we were just going to keep playing this game like, hey, yeah, you're cute, we're cute, and go home and drop a, you know, she wanted to know what was up. And I knew at that point in my life I needed to take a stand and um, I needed to make a decision. So I looked at my wife in the eyes in the middle of Lincoln Road in front of all those people in Van Dyke's nice restaurant with jazz music playing in the background. And I looked at her and I said, um, Nancy, I'm a little bit different and, um, than all these other guys. She, and she got a little worried at that statement, but <laughs> we kind of just solved that right away. 
And then I said, um, but this is what I mean. And I said, uh, my purpose is to serve God. And I love Jesus. And I was sharing with her, uh, as long as she's in my life, she's always going to come second. And that Jesus is always first. I don't know if Nancy at that time knew what that meant. But uh, a few weeks later, I talked to Nancy. I was so scared to tell her on the phone. I mean, in person that I told her over the phone. I said, uh, no, I haven't told you this. I know we're getting a little bit more serious. But I just want you to know I'm moving to Ohio. And I'm never coming back. They're gonna, I'm going to be there for two years. And I'm never coming back. And she's like, what? Now is when you tell me this? She got a little upset at me, and I don't blame her. But I told her I was leaving Ohio, and I was going to go become a pastor. And I was never going to come back to Miami because we already had two churches here. And it's stupid for me to come back to open up another church. And uh, pretty cool that she stayed with me even after that. I think she thought about it a couple times if you ask me, but whatever. And um, that's a hard statement because my life is, um, is that song. I give myself away. So that you can use me. And uh, I, I mess around with my father at the time. But, and me and my wife always say, I don't know what the future holds. And I don't know whether we'll be in Miami forever or we'll be in another side of the world. I hope that this church is my church forever. How many of you hope? Amen? But, but the truth is no one has tomorrow's answers. The Bible says that no, tomorrow's not promised to no man. How many stories have we heard of people... Just go to be with the Lord early and, and all that and, and pastors and, and, and their lives and, and their hardships. And when I told the Lord I'm going to serve you in ministry, I had this conversation with God where I said, Lord, I give myself away so that you could use me. I think when I first said that statement, I didn't really know what I meant. I think as a pastor now for five years here, I start to see what it means. And um, it's literally God coming before everything. You know, uh, I wouldn't change, and I don't think Nancy would change either, what we would do for the, for the world. We wouldn't change it for anything. Serving the Lord in ministry and serving the Lord alongside some awesome people here at New Life. But this statement of I give myself away so that you could use me is so much more than a song. It's Isaiah telling the Lord, Send me. It's the disciples dropping everything that they know and said, send us. It's Abraham leaving his home and saying, send me. It's all over scripture, all these men and women of God saying, I just give myself away so that you could use me. I mean, I mean it's such a strong statement for us to understand. And today... Can you really say that with your heart? Can you say, Lord, I give myself away so that you can use me? Like, can you say that? Like, I know you can say that, but what I'm asking you is, can you mean that? Can you really mean, like, I'm, I'm going to give myself away. And, and what I mean by give myself away is I'm going to give away pleasures. I'm going to give away life. I'm going to give away everything that I have. And I'm just going to be willing and ready to be used in whichever way you want me to be used. And, and God says, you sure about that? You're ready for this. And, and here's Isaiah. And Isaiah's like, yeah, here I am. Send me. <laughs> Isaiah saw what that statement got him into, if you keep reading the book of Isaiah. Isaiah went to some places. Isaiah spoke to some people. Isaiah went through some stuff. But it all started with the statement, here I am, send me.
How many of you are willing to be used by God? But how many of you are willing to say, here I am. I give myself away so you can use me. That's a powerful song. I want to share a story. I want to share, not a story, no stories today. I want to share a word today, and it's titled All In. And if you're taking notes, you can write that. It's titled All In. And in this message, I want to talk to you about not living at the moment, but living in the moment. This is at versus in, okay? This is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm just going to share my heart. I'm going to share some scriptures that you already know. And, I, and we're just going to kind of just dig into this stuff. And, and I want to talk to you about being not just at the moment, but being in the moment. And, that, and that's the message uh, that I have uh, for the church today. Being a people that are in it, not just at it. Now, uh, I've been pretty blessed with a family. And it's a family and a group of people that are close to me that... Uh, very often remind me um, of my problem of being easily distracted. Anyone here suffer from the same stuff I suffer from? And um, they constantly remind me. My wife, I'll be talking to her at the house, and out of nowhere she looks at me and says, Rigo, are you serious? You that, you, you that, that quickly you got distracted? I'm like, I'm sorry, what happened? And my mind just totally goes off. And I have close friends, and I have a, um, a wife, and I have... Many relatives that tell me that. The other day my sister speaking to me. We're, we're talking together face to face. And in the middle of our conversation, I just looked at her and I asked her a rare question. I wish I remember. And she just stopped what she was saying. She looked at me and she goes, did you notice what you just asked me? You're talking about something totally different, Rigo. You're, you're in another place. I go, you're that easily distracted? And I took a seat back and I said, I really did ask that question, didn't I? But what she didn't understand is I understood what you said too. Uh, but I just wanted to go on. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get over here now. And, and, and I have that problem. Many of you men probably have that problem too, but, but just keep your eyes over here. And um, my family reminds me that. Now, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing, you know, to have that problem. It's a good thing because I miss out on a lot of stupid things that are told to me. Like, I just miss out on them. Like, I don't even catch it. Like, did you hear what that person said? It's so stupid. It's like, I didn't hear it. I just missed it. Yeah, I'm cool. I have a disorder. But, but then I, it's also a bad thing because... I also miss out on a lot of good things that are being told to me. You see, it could be a good thing and it could also be a bad thing uh, being in this way that I am. Now, now, I'm right, I'm that person where I'm there, I hear you, but, but very important as we get into this is where I'm not listening. I'm, I'm there, I catch you, I, I, I'm hearing your voice, but just straight up, I'm, I'm not listening. And I want to talk about that because how many times have I been at the dinner table with my wife and at the end of the dinner table, the check, at the, at the end of the date, the check comes and I'm like, how many conversations did we have? I had more conversations with my iPhone than I had with you today. You see, we live in a time where we could be at the moment, but we struggle from in being what? In the moment. And many for you, many, maybe for you that have family, you, you've been there where, where you said, well, well uh, I'm with my family and I get home from work or I, I, I finally see my children. But that's your time now to watch TV and to catch up on your uh, sports programs or your soap operas um, or your business with your neighbor and all that stuff that goes on. Or to catch up on your emails or on your Facebook or on your, and, and, and your children are there and they're like, mama, mama. 
you're so annoying. Just shut up and go play with your toys. And that is that. Now, you've been at the moment maybe with your family, but you've, you've lacked in being what? In the moment. Anyone here understand what I'm saying? It could be a good thing, but it could also be a what? It could be a bad thing as well. And, and that's what I'm going to talk to you today about because it's happened so many times in, in my life. And, and that's what I want to uh, share with you. If you have your Bible... Uh, go ahead and turn to, uh, we're already in Isaiah. Can you turn to Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 30? Because I'm going to talk to you about this, being at the moment but not in the moment. Here we are, and here are the children of God. And the children of God in Isaiah uh, chapter 30 are at a moment where, where God wanted to show his faithfulness to them. And God wanted to show his glory to them. And, and they were at the moment where God just wanted to reveal himself to them. Please, just don't miss this. And we find ourselves in Isaiah 30. In a place where God wanted to show his faithfulness. But they weren't in that moment. Instead, the children of God in Isaiah 30 were at a place in which their trust, in which their attention was based on other things and other illusions rather than being on God. Has anyone here ever been at a place where you're so worried and you're so focused and you're so distracted with so many different illusions that God is like, I'm trying to speak to you to get you in this moment. You're here, but you're not really understanding. You're not really aware. You're at the moment, but you're not in the moment. Anyone ever been there? And here's Isaiah. And God speaks to the prophet Isaiah in, verse, in chapter 30. Go to verse 8 with me. And look what he tells Isaiah. He says, now you go, Isaiah... And you write it before them on a tablet. I, I love this. You inscribe it in a book. Write this on a tablet. Write this in the book. I want them to never forget this. Put this in your diary. So that, so that they will never forget. And, and this could be a reminder to them. So when they do it again, they can remember what happened in these days. And let's, let's see what happens here. That it may be for the time to come. As a witness forever, verse 9, look at what the children of Israel, for they are a what people? A stubborn or a rebellious people. They are lying children. They are children that are unwilling to hear the instructions of the Lord. I hope you guys caught that right there. Here is Isaiah in chapter 30. And God says, write this down in a book because I want to speak to them, but they're unwilling to hear my voice. They're un unwilling to hear the instructions of the Lord. So because they're unwilling, I need you to write this down so that the day that they want to be in the moment, they could remember that I've always been there, but they're the ones that were not there. Because I've been to the place where God has showed up and God was trying to get my attention. I didn't see it at the moment where God was revealing himself to me. His safety, his security, his salvation, his goodness. But I was so lost at the moment that I missed what God was trying to do in that moment. 
And then God later on in life reminds me of that day. And he takes me to the book. He takes me to the memory. And in that memory I say, that's what really happened that day. God was involved the whole time. And have you ever had that experience? So here's Isaiah 30. And he says they're children and they're unwilling to hear the instruction. Now let's keep going here. Ready? And this is what they say. This is, this is amazing. This is what they say. Go to verse 10. They say to the seers, don't see. They say to the prophets, don't prophesy to us what is right. But speak to us smooth things and prophesy illusions. This is, this is, this is not new life. This is not Jesus. This is not the word of God. Here are the children of Israel. And the children of Israel are saying, can you guys please tell us what you see? But wait. But tell us what we want you to tell us. Tell us what you hear from God. But tell us what we want to hear. Speak to us smooth things and prophesy illusions and we all know that illusions are what fake there's nothing real about them and here's God and God says they're unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord and look what he says verse 11 the children of Israel said leave the way he tells the, the men of God leave the way turn aside from your path and let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. This is deep right here. Watch this, watch this. The children of Israel were in, at the moment where God wanted to reveal himself. But the children of Israel missed being in the moment where they were about to see God's goodness in a way that they had no idea. And God tells him, he says, hey, listen, I need you to write this down in a book. Because they're... Not hearing my voice. They're there, but they're not in. Today's message is titled All In. That's just my introduction really quick. And this is exactly the topic that I want to talk about. Because man, were the children of Israel missing it. And man, wow, can we miss it at times in our lives. How many of you could agree to that? Where we could miss, where God is doing this to us. And we miss it. We're there. But we're not in. I've been to a basketball game, an NBA game, and I've been at a Heat game. And I've been, and this is a true story, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I've sat there for quarters looking around to see how many celebrities I could find. Just looking, looking, looking. And I said, look who's sitting there. Look who's sitting there. Look who just walked in with their entourage. And if you're going to take him, you understand what I'm saying. They just walk in with, they're, they're just funny like that. But, and you just start looking at them that I've caught myself saying, we're in the third quarter already? I haven't seen one play. That's happened to me. I've caught myself being at the moment, but at the same time, not being in the moment. Are you, are you guys with me? I've been to church many times where I've sat on the front row, where I sat in whichever row, really. And I've heard the preacher preach, and I've heard the worship uh, team sing. 
And I knew God was saying something. I was at the church, and I was at the moment. But then I walk out and ask me, so what did God speak today? And I look at him and say, dude, I was just looking at everyone in the church and all the reactions and, and seeing what their faces were. And I missed being in the moment. I've been there. I don't know if you guys have been there. I hope you're not there today. I hope you're in the moment today. But I've been there, and, and I truly believe that, that God is, is speaking uh, to us now. I truly believe that God is speaking to us now, right now, right here, and, and, and we're there, and, and we're listening to God, but many times we do this, well, well let's only hear what we want to hear, and God steps in and says, uh, no, how about you hear what I want you to hear? And, and, and that's kind of what I want to uh, share with you um, as we kind of get deeper into this. Um, you are at the moment, but are you in the moment? Because I've known many people that are at, but they're not in. And I want to talk about at uh, versus in. And it reminds me of the two different kinds of sin. And if you're taking notes, you should write this down. There is one sin called commission, okay? And there's another sin called, anyone know it? Omission, okay? And we're just going to teach really quick. So you have the sin of commission, and then you have the sin of omission. Let's break these two things down before I get in deeper into my message. The, the first one is the sin of commission. In there you have the root word, which is to commit. This is the sin that you act out. This is like the Adam and Eve, that they acted out, right? Do not eat from that fruit or that tree, and they took from the fruit of the tree, and they what? They ate. They actions, acted out sin. That's the sin of Commission. They committed. They sinned. They put sin into action. Commission. But then number two, you have the sin of omission. Let's break that down really quick. In the Bible, there's two different kinds of sins. And in there, it just branches off to deeper stuff. And omission has the word omit. You guys know what that kind of sin is? That is knowing that you should do something, but you don't what? Do it. Omission. Omission and commission. That word omit. That if you don't do something that you know you're supposed to do and you still decide not to do it. It reminds me of James 4.17. Listen to the scripture. It says this. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Uh, guys, this is so important today's word. For he who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it's sin. That's, that's omission that you should have reacted and you should have done something about that, but you've chose not to and you took a step back. For him to know what's right and fail to do it. There's a scripture in, in 1 Samuel chapters 2, 3, and 4. If you've ever read of the, of the, of the priest Eli. Eli was the priest of the temple. He had some sons. They were messing around in the temple. Someone came to Eli and said, Eli, your sons are taking care of the, they're, they're taking care of the house of God the wrong way. They're using it for their advantage. And they're defiling God's house. Eli hears, listen. He hears the warning. He chooses to ignore it. And God says, really? You want to omit you know you need to 
Discipline your children. You know you need to step them down from ministry. You know you need to tell them just go home. Don't come back to the house of God for a long time till you get your life right. And you're going to choose not to hear anything. And in 1 Samuel chapters 2, 3, and 4, it says that Eli didn't do nothing about it. And one day he was sitting on the city walls and his sons were out to battle. And news came from the battle and they screamed, Eli, 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 we have a problem. And Eli the priest says, what's the problem? And he says, your sons, they died. They got killed today in battle. And, and Eli, it says that when he heard about it, he was so worried that he fell off the city wall and he died. All three of them died the same day. This is big stuff. Why? Because they knew that they were supposed to do something, but they took a step back and they themselves chose not to do what was right. They committed the sin of omission. It brings us back to Romans. For the wages of sin is what? Good, death. Now this is so important as we jump into the root of the message. Eli had a chance. The sons had a chance. Omission. To know what I'm supposed to do, but still choose not to do it. And God is calling each one of us here. And how many of you could agree with me and say, God is calling me for something great. God is calling me for something greater. I hope you guys think like that. Because uh, I know that that's my prayer. That God, that you call me to something great. That you call me to something uh, greater. And here we have this life. And are you satisfied with this life of knowing that God is calling you for some great things to be done. But you've chosen the path of I'm not doing anything because in my life, that just frustrates me. This is the kind of person I am, ready? Like summertime, church gets like, like real like easy. And, and, and the meetings lesson and the service, you know, it, it's just like summer, people are out of vacation. Let's just take a step back. Let's just, and sometimes I'm at home and I think I'm sinning because I'm not calling people from church. So like sometimes I'll just call people from church like, hey, how you doing? Everything okay? You want to meet? <laughs> but, so, you know, because sometimes just sitting there and not doing anything, it just frustrates me. And it doesn't satisfy, at least me. I don't know if any of you could do that. Uh, if you hang out with me, you see I don't stop. I just, I, let's, go, let's do something. Claudia was at my house yesterday. She was in the couch. She said, let's go do something crazy. I, obviously, I wasn't going to do anything crazy. But I meant like, let's just go get ice cream or something. Let's just leave the house. I don't know. That's crazy for me. You know what I'm saying? A lot of calories up in that thing. But whatever. Let's go, let's go run around the neighborhood. I don't know. Let's, let's just yell. And Claudio was in my house yesterday. He's like, is he always like this? And Nancy looks at me and goes, he's always like this. And I'm like, welcome to my house, Claudia. And I'm like, when you're here, we're excited. We're excited here. You don't stop at my house. Figueredo household, baby. And, and Claudia was like, right? Am I lying? She was freaking out. She's like, I always knew he was crazy, but not that crazy. Are you satisfied seriously now? Knowing that God is calling you for some great things. Listen. But you've chosen the path of, I'm not doing it. Listen. Because my next thing I want to share with you is this. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are as a church and as God's people? And look what I wrote down here. You have the potential, and this is where I'm going to get into my message now, to make many wonderful discoveries about yourself and about your God. If you only understood who you are, 
and the potential that you have and the discoveries that God wants to give you about himself and about yourself. Church, look over here. If you just get out of the moment and jump into the moment, you'll be shocked about some things that God wants to show you. And, and, and here we are talking about Isaiah, and we're going to jump into Peter now. And I don't want to just be at the ballpark. This is the kind of person I am. I don't want to just be at the ballpark where the game is being played. I want to be in the game contributing to the win. Anyone with me? And that's who God is calling. I'm not satisfied with the at. I'm more into the in. Don't take me to the game, but put me in the game. God is looking for people not to be at the moment, but rather to be what, church? In the moment. Listen, and when you are in and not just at, you will discover about yourself, listen, and even better, you will discover something about your God that you never even knew. I want you to think about this. Write this down in your notes. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 and 29. Listen to what I just told you. When you are in and not just at, you discover something about yourself and even better, discover something about your God. Do you think that Peter had the slightest idea that he would ever walk on water? Answer that question. Do you think that? You think Peter woke up that morning and says, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, John, boys, come here. Today I will walk on water. Peter didn't do that. Peter didn't have the slightest idea. But watch verse 28. Ready? We know the whole story. We know what's taking place. They're out in the boat. A storm comes. The disciples are in the boat. Jesus is walking on water. What in the world is that? Is that a ghost? That's crazy stuff. They all recognize that it's Jesus, but only one of them says something so daring as this. Verse 28. And Peter answered to the Lord, and he said, Lord, if it is you, church, what does he say next? Command me. Oh, man. Command me to come to you on the water. I like this. Let me tell you what Peter's saying, and if you get this, ready? Lord, call me in. Command me to go in. And as I started to look at Matthew 14, 28 yet again, I got a different glance of it. And I said, how about if Peter was really saying this? Lord, call me in because I'm tired of being at this boat. And I'm tired of being at this place. And I'm tired at these people who don't, I know it's not proper English, who don't believe or do anything. And I'm tired at living mediocre. And I'm tired at seeing things from this viewpoint. Anyone here just sick and tired of being at, at, and desire to get into in? And here is Peter. And he says, I'm tired of being at. Look at verse 29. Go to verse 29 with me. And then it says this. He said, come, Jesus says to Peter. So Peter gets out of the boat. He walks on the water. And came to Jesus. And I read this and I say, well, how about if Jesus today is telling me to come. And not just to live at the moment because all the disciples were at the moment. We're all on this boat. 
But there was one that said, I'm going in. You see, notice what happened here. Every disciple decided, I'm staying at, at the boat. But Peter looked at Jesus and says, Jesus, command me in. And Jesus says, come, Peter. And Peter, out of all the disciples, was the first one and the only disciple that we know in the Bible and the only human being outside of Jesus that walks on water. Let me tell you why. Because right then and there, Peter stopped living at the moment. And right then and there, something snapped in Peter's brain. And from that moment on, he says, I'm going in. And his whole life now was like, no longer at, but now I'm going into this moment. These other disciples, they could stay here complaining, bickering how they're going to die and how the water's going to drown them. And this boat could just go straight to the depths of the sea if it wants. But me, I'm not staying at this place. I'm tired of being at and missing out on being in. And Peter takes a step in when everyone else stayed happy at at. I don't know if you know the statistic behind churches. You guys know what the statistic is of people that come to church and that are actually not just at church but that are in church, functioning in the church. Does anyone know the statistic? Anyone know it? Do you know it? It's an 80-20 Statistic. It's where if you have 200, 200, you just have that 80-20 statistic. Where you have 100 people, you have 20 people doing most of the stuff. Because in the church, you have people that are at. But then you got people that say, no, 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 I'm going to get dirty. I want to get in. In life, you have Christians that live at, I'll just read a devotional, and I'll just say a prayer. But you have very little Christians that are living in the moment, witnessing to lost souls, loving on sick people, sharing the love of Christ to everyone else. Let me tell you what's going on here. Peter was at a place where he was sick of the at, and he wanted to jump into the in. And all he said was, Lord, come on, Lord, just command me in. And I want to tell the church this today. Don't desire just to live at the moment, but desire to live in the moment. Listen, get your mind, and, and I'm going to share something so important with you, to accept this idea because when your mind accepts a new idea or learns a new truth, it forever is changed. I'll give you an example. Is there any children here? Any children? Like, real low? All right. Um, real, real important, the whole holiday season. There was something in my membrane, just in case, you know, that, that was really fixed on the holiday season, when something was revealed to me about the holiday season, my whole mindset of what I used to think about the holiday season totally was transformed forever. Anyone here with me? You guys catch me? Let me explain to you what happened to me. And let's get back in, in, into this. Ready? My mind accepted the idea. And when your mind begins to accept the idea and accepts this new idea and it learns the truth behind that, it triggers, and it's never the same again. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you an example. You've ever liked a certain celebrity? A, a certain, for guys that like sports, a certain athlete? You hear one negative thing about them, and from that moment on, don't you do this? Yeah, but he was with another woman last week. He's still a great baseball player. Yeah, but he was with another woman. It came out in the tabloids. Watch this. Because 
the truth was revealed to you, something triggered in your mind, and now the way that you see that something or that someone totally changes forever. That you'll go 50 years down the line, and when that baseball player name is still named to you, you'll be like, yeah, but there was a time when he was another woman that week. Okay? Let, let me explain to you what's going on here. When your mind accepts a new idea, once it is stretched, come on, listen, a new shape takes place. And now it does not go back to its original form. Are you guys with me? You see, something happened to Peter that his mind was stretched, his idea was stretched. Listen, his truth was stretched that he always remembered that one day he was on a boat and he was about to die and the waters were crashing and the, and the disciples were complaining and Jesus was on the water and Peter never forgot the day that he said, I'm tired of being at the moment. I'm going in and you're going to see in a little bit what happens to Peter's life because Peter never thinks the same, acts the same, talks the same. He never functions the same. Something happens to Peter through all these little lessons in life. His mind begins to stretch. His ideas begin to stretch in the truth. And his life and his mindset and his way of thinking is forever changed. I believe that there are some of us that our mindset and the way we think needs to forever change. And the only way that our mind changes, the only way that we could fix that stretching and that forming and that bringing in the new truth is when we begin to grasp the word of God, apply the word of God, move in the word of God and see God be glorified and we step back and say, whoa, it actually worked. Jesus is real. And so, so here we are. Get your mind to accept this. Watch this. Here is Peter. And here am I. And I no longer want to be with this spiritual unawareness, spiritual ADD, where I'm easily distracted, where my attention is drawn away for any little thing. I want to be in the place, in the moment, in the purpose, in the season, in the will of God that he has for me. Don't, I don't want to be hanging around at the place. Listen, church, at's not cutting it for me. It's like I'm breaking up with that. And I'm into in now. And I want to be in. I should have made a shirt that the front part wanted it to say breaking up with at. And then I wanted to turn around in the middle of my preaching and I'll show you my back to the end and say, I'm within now. And that's what God is calling some of us. Omission. I want to be in. And like Peter, Jesus, can you command me in? Omission, that you know that you're supposed to do something, but you're, you've chosen not to do it. And church, how about we do this, ready? That we decide today I'm going all in. I'm going in. The sin of commission, it's... To put sin into action, but let's take away sin. And how about if we begin to commit God's will? From committing sin to committing his purpose. See, I wish I had all the time in the world so I could tell you about so many others that were tired of 
falling into omission, that we're tired of just being at, at. For example, Moses is a great example. Moses was at, at, he was into at. He was at the palace. He was at the land of his uncles later on until he heard from God, until he got tired of being at, and he changed his mind all up, and he went all in. I'm going to Egypt. I'm going in. There are so many stories like Moses all throughout the Bible. And I looked at this as I was looking at some of my, my, my thoughts, and I said, as a pastor of new life, and I didn't know you guys were going to do what you were going to do today, and I say this today publicly, I'm not just at new life, I'm in new life. I'm not just at the things of God, I'm in for the things of God. And the truth is, I look at the city around us, like Maori said, we're going to go tomorrow and witness to these men and young, uh, young men. And I'm not, and I don't just happen to be living at this city, I am in this city, I am all in for what God has for us. And here's Peter, and Peter is walking on water. Check this out. And his walking on water messed up Peter's mind. He actually thought that he could do some crazy things for the Lord after that. And man, was he right. If you're taking notes, write this down, and we've studied this when we did the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, something powerful. I'm going to ask Danny to start coming up. It was the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit falls on 120 people. And as the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost, everyone was like, what in the world is going on? And Peter looks around at thousands of people. He says, you guys want to know what's going on? I'm going to tell you what's going on. The Holy Spirit that God has promised is falling. At the day of Pentecost... In front of 120 people in the room and thousands of onlookers, Peter looked around and he said this, I'm not, I'm not just going to stand at this place staring at all these people. Lord, I'm going in. What happened to Peter? Because everything about the Bible that I know about Peter was he was a coward. And Peter went from a coward to an authoritative apostle. Are you guys with me? I'm going to end right now. What happened to Peter was his mind, his ideas were changed. It was stretched. It was built up on a new truth. And it was this. Peter, you walked on water. You walked on water. You walked on water. Here's Peter standing before thousands of people. He looks at 120 people that are being filled with the Spirit, that were speaking the languages of other tongues so that the other people would hear the gospel for the first time. This is amazing. And Peter's looking around. And he says, none of you guys are going to do anything. They're all making fun of you. Something happened. 
He said, I remember there was a day when I was on a boat. Do you remember the day you were on a boat? Do you remember the day that you were sinking? You remember when your family was around you telling you things in your ear? Don't walk out. You're going to drown. Don't be stupid. That's just for those crazy people. That's not for you and your family. Remember your boat? You're not really going to serve God, right? You're not really going to write that check, right? You're not really going to go feed the homeless. You're not really going to Haiti. Remember that one? You're not really going to Guatemala next year. You're not really going to go to that park on Monday and really get free pizza and water and really share Jesus, right? You remember your boat? I don't know where your boat is. I remember mine. I've shared with you many times. You're not really going to Ohio. You could become a man of God just right here. You don't have to. And I looked at him and I was like, shut up. Going to Ohio. I'm going to go serve the Lord wherever he calls me. Remember your boat? I believe this was what happened. Ready? As I end. I believe Peter was on, in the upper room. Sorry, sorry. He was at the upper room. And being at the upper room, he looked around. And everyone was laughing at 120 people being filled with the Spirit of God. Peter being one of them. And Peter said, heck no. No. Not this time. Because I remember my boat. And I said, Lord, come on, come on. Command me in. And I remember that the Lord said, come, come. And I remember what happened. I, I might have sunk, but I did take some steps on that water. And my Bible in verse 29 says, and I got to Jesus. Something happened to Peter. What, what happened to Peter was this. His mind was no longer thinking the same way Peter's mind was. What, what do you mean? Remember that same Peter that was in the courtyard? and said, look at Peter. He's one of the disciples of the Lord. He said, bleep you. I don't know Jesus. He cursed at them to try to save himself. The same Peter that was a coward to stand for Jesus had an experience that transformed the way he thought. And he was tired of being at the moment. And he was at the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And something amazing happened. And people were mocking the disciples. And Peter stood up and said, enough is enough. I shut up once and I denied Christ three times before. But this time, I will not stay quiet. I'm going in. I'm tired of being at this place. Lord, command me in. And the Lord said, come on. Come on, Peter. Come on. And Peter said, here I go. And he began to walk on water. And here he is in the upper room. People mocking him. And he chose not to fall back to his old lifestyle. And fall back to his old rebellion. And fall back to his being ashamed. But he stood up and he says, I am not ashamed. I am going in. I am not staying at this place. What you see is not people that are drunk on beer or on wine. What you see is people being filled with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, and they're speaking 
speaking in tongues and I'm telling you today that if you repent and you be baptized you will know Jesus and you will have eternal life 3,000 people get saved that day 3,000 people get saved that day I'm going to tell you why 3,000 people got saved that day because Peter was tired of being at the moment but he decided to stay in the moment 3,000 lives were changed forever God's kingdom God was like yo stretch the walls we got 3,000 more people coming in Peter went crazy Peter went crazy. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> Get in the moment. Get in the moment. Stop living halfway. Stop living at could do this and Peter went in I'm tired of being at I'm ready to be in the Bible is filled with stories like Peter and so is this world all over the world people are going all in for Jesus church can you make history today make history how many of you could say all in Check this out. Check this out. Discover something new about yourself. You better believe that when Peter walked around, he said, I've walked on water. What can this possibly be that God can't do if I walked on water? Serious. Walking. I'm just going to keep preaching, man. And, and he's walking down this road of beautiful. And he's walking to many cities where people are demon-possessed. Where many are not saved. And Peter, just like the other disciples who went all in in their lives, remembered all these little lessons. said, if I could walk on water, if I could cast legions of demons out, lame man that is begging for money, silver and gold I do not have. <laughs> Watch this, how I do this. You can almost see it, right? You ready for this? Yeah, yeah, get him, get him, zap him. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, just get up and walk. The dude started snapping into place. He began, to, he began to walk. And guess where the first place he went to was? Into the house of God. And the church people were amazed. So amazed 
that they spoke bad about God's miracle. That's just church people for you, but amen. That's just us. We're just like that, me and you. We're just like that. But think about it. The lame guy that was like that since the day he was born, begging for money his whole, every single day, that was his job at the Gate of Beautiful. What is that compared to walking on water? What happened? There was a switch. Come on, go in. Discover something about yourself. Let God use you to heal the first person. You'll start seeing how you'll start going to funeral homes. Yo, watch this. Some work, some won't. You'll start grabbing people on wheelchairs. I don't know if you're going to ever walk in, but in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to preach Jesus. You'll be amazed. Just get your, get, your, get your hands dirty. Get your feet wet. And you'll be amazed what God, God is going to show you about yourself and what he's going to show you about himself. And says, I caused you to walk on water through my power. Cool and even cooler. Let's go. I'm all in. I'm all in. Discover something about God today. Peter led 3,000 to Jesus. 3,000. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says this. In John chapter 20, he says, verse 21, Peace to you, and as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Come on, I need you to catch this, and I'm done. I'm going to call another baby up here in a little bit. We're going to present another baby to the Lord, but watch this. He says, the Father has sent me, but I'm going to also send you. And watch what he says next. When he said this, he breathed on them. This is awesome. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm done. I'm done. Because what does this show me? This shows me that God sends us, but he is with us. He goes with us as we go for him. Write that down, man. He goes with us as we go for him. And he sends the Holy Spirit to empower you and to give you grace to go on. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. We're going to end today's message. With every eye closed, if you could just join me in prayer really quick. If today you're saying, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. I no longer want to be at the place or at the moment, but I want to be in the moment. And if that's you, and you know that today God wants to transform your mind, the way you think about yourself, He wants you to discover something about you, yourself, and about Him, your God. Right there where you're at with me because I'm the first one. If you're there, can you just raise your hand in surrenderance? That song that we sang today. Can, can we say that, Lord? I give myself away. With your life surrendered, can you tell Him I give myself away? And if that's you today, the Lord has spoken to you and you're ready to go all in. All in. 
You're saying, that's me, I'm going all in. No more am I going to be satisfied with being at the place, but from now on, I'm going in. No longer at the moment, but in the moment. If that's you, with your hands like mine, surrendered before God, hands lifted, can you say this with me? And let's help them say it. Ready? Say, Jesus, thank you for your word. Call me in. Give me the power and the grace to go in. That my mind would be changed forever. The way I think of myself and what I think about you. From this day forward, I'm in. No longer at, I'm in. I give myself away so that you can use me in Jesus' name. Can you raise your hand? Let's sing this song one time. Come on, say, say, I give myself away. Come on, can you sing that, church? Sing it to him. Today we give baby man.